Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Come for Supper. Today we have a wonderful and incredibly charming guest, a chef, presenter and best-selling cookbook author who has written not one but five cookbooks with his latest, Saffron and the Souks, out now, I think, am I right? It's out now, it's out now. He's a keen traveller with a taste for adventure and is a regular contributor to multiple UK publications. He is the wonderful John Gregory Smith. <laughs> Did so well until Gregory. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. So, where have you come from this morning? Uh, all the way from Leafy. Le- 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 oh, we're having a problem talking today. All the way from West Hampstead, which is where I live. Nice. Yeah, which is lovely. And what did you have for breakfast? Because people, this man's breakfast game is strong. Well, it was quite rank actually. I have uh, when I'm not doing something delicious, I will have a green shake that's like a goblin juice every morning with raw green things in it and a the bit health f- factor and a bit frozen banana but i eat out a lot so i kind of feel it's very good to pack that in in the morning and I'm i know this you. sounds really lame but it does make me feel wicked for a few yeah. hours afterwards no i'm with so you i'm like, totally you with know, you get your greens in kids it's good for yeah. you <laughs> word of advice you also have that amazing turkish coffee pot as well yeah 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 on oh, my sad i'm always looking pot. at that i love it so it, i actually was in turkey in this like tiny village called trabzon on the black sea and this wonderful woman that i stayed with gave me this like rusty old coffee pot about six years ago and I just wow. I haven't let it go so I have two Turkish coffees every morning when I wake up do you have like proper Turkish coffee proper you know quite, quite gritty yeah. the whole number one number two number three level of sweetness you no, know? I, no sugar in no it no sh- so you just go hardcore thick black you know like I was yeah. going to say really bad innuendo then but that's not my um, <laughs> grandmother used to make coffee like that it's delicious yeah. and it really you know it is perks rocket you fuel up. Oh, God, it really yeah. perks you up that <laughs> stuff so you're definitely one of my top go-tos for Middle Eastern cooking and I know that you love it. You've, I mean, it's kind of the th- strong theme going through your cookbooks. What was it that made you fall in love with it? I think, um, I think I've always been fascinated in food and growing up in London, there's obviously, there's always been a strong Middle Eastern vibe here. So, you know, for, from a young child, you could go down to the Edgware Road and get amazing uh, Lebanese food or go to East London and get Turkish. And I'm sure there's loads of others that I, that I didn't know. So they, that always sort of tickled me. And then when I started traveling and first went um, to the Middle East, I can't remember where I went first. I think it was either Morocco or Turkey, which is, I think it was Turkey. And then, and then from there sort of started discovering. It just was like, I just found it amazing because the food is, is off the scale good and it's, you know, vibrant and healthy and fresh. But 
as well, the culture there is just so different from what we're used to. And it's, um, I just love that. I love you get on a plane six hours later, you're, you're just like a world away. And I find it fascinating there. And also the culture there is very like feedy and everyone knows about food from like, you know, like the guys on the street to like the old grannies you meet, everyone has an opinion on food. And I really love that. So I just found it totally fascinating. And now like, you know, I just can't get enough of it. You are, yeah. You like live and breathe it. I love it. I was yeah. going to say, I'm like disappointed your breakfast, but normally your, your breakfast game is like incredible there's yeah. like harissa and eggs and you know that that didn't make it onto uh, instagram yeah. Stuff. yeah all the instagrammable stuff <laughs> so you loved it from a young age how did you because you you write cookbooks you're yep. also a it's so difficult to describe what we are these days but you yeah. know you're a journalist you're yeah. a travel writer yeah. a food writer and an author right. many people will be interested in like how how did you get there what was Go that on. kind of journey like it was actually a, a, a fuck up, basically, if I can swear. Um, yeah, you totally can And um, that is the right word for it. Because I, I launched a food brand into Sainsbury's when I was quite young. I was like 25 or wow, 26. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. This is the Spice, Spice? It was a Spice Mighty brand, spice. yeah. Um, I didn't and know it was in Sainsbury's. That's amazing. That was, I worked on it for a few years and it was so hard because it was just me. I actually moved back to my parents' house and just worked for like four years. Had no life, nothing. And then when the recession hit in 2008, nine, my sales just went from hero to zero. And because they were quite expensive. So no one was buying things like that. So they just disappeared. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Like I've literally wasted my 20s on like flogging sources and that didn't work. So what am I going to do? And I also was quite in debt. So I was like, right, I'm going to do the sensible thing, which is get my work credit card and just vanish before, <laughs> before the bank manager gets me. So I went to Southeast Asia where my brother lived in Hong Kong and I went okay, out to cool. see him and then just went into China. Find yourself. Kind yeah, of sort of. I think it was sort of like slightly escapism and just to sort of, just to think, just to get away and breathe. Had you done that before? Had you done, you know how people take gap years? Had you done yeah. that before? Okay, you had. Okay. I'm very, like, I'm very spoiled. I've traveled yeah. a lot since I was about 16 on okay. my own. Um, and so whilst I was there, because uh, I've, I, I'm not a very relaxed person. I'm like wired all the time. It's quite exhausting. I had to kind of come up with an idea or a fake idea for being away. Because when you're away, especially when you're on your own, you're a bit bored and you go and talk to people, they're like, why are you away? And I didn't really want to say I'm just running away from my problems. So I came up with a cunning plan to write a fake book about spices. So that's what I told everyone I was doing. And then it's sort of like, I was like, actually, why don't I do that? That's quite interesting. And it was all about five spices. That was my hook. Only any dish with five spices. And at the time I had an agent who um, was yeah interesting to work with for numerous reasons. And um, I <laughs> <laughs> pitched them. Another story. Yeah, I pitched them this idea. And they were like, actually, it's a really good idea. So that kind of transpired into being a book. And Amazing. it's quite weird because nothing's really ever happened very easily. But that book did, which mm. is I'm still find a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and then that led into a career being a writer, which is extraordinary. Really and you're a great writer as well. I so love even it when now. you talk, it's so atmospheric. You can really kind of feel it. <laughs> the hands everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. But it is weird because when I was younger, I never used to write. I'm slightly dyslexic. I found it really challenging and frankly hated it. Oh. And at uni, I did an arts degree. So you had to write. And I was terrible at it. And it is just weird that, that now, like, 
if I'm really happy about something, I'll, I'll write. Yeah. And if I'm miserable, I'll write what I feel. It's quite, it's so weird that that's what's transpired. It's quite a cathartic process. Also, it's something you get better at the more you do, which Definitely. I think is just so satisfying, yeah. especially when you work for yourself and you haven't got someone patting you on the back the whole time. Yeah. It's quite nice to have that. Definitely. And you find your own voice, you find your style and, and, and what you like to write about and, and what interests you. And I think that makes you sort of blossom blossom nice so middle eastern food it's all like you said it's all about kind of entertaining and sharing big sharing food it's kind of what kind of that kind of food is that was kind of our first and i guess tapas but kind of experience into what is now really common in london which is this whole kind of small plates sharing food thing do you like to entertain massively like i've always entertained i've always loved like having people over to my house, tiny flat, and spoiling them rotten. And I'm very like, when people come over, they don't do anything. I don't want you to do anything. You don't need to get up, you just sit back and enjoy yourself. But I absolutely love the whole etiquette of that. So like thinking about the menu, thinking about the booze, thinking about the music, get it all perfect, and then just have a rock and roll night. I absolutely love it. So what are some of your signature moves? What do we get when we come for supper at your house? So... You would definitely, so you turn up and we would, I would ply you with as much rosé as we can drink. Nice. Um, I think that's a good, good way to start. Sit down, eat. And what I tend to do is do like little dishes, like mezze stuff. And then that will just sort of slowly morph into a main course. But I don't necessarily clear things away because... There's nothing worse, actually, if you've got something really delicious and something whisked it away. Yeah, it always happens, actually. Do you know what I mean? Especially with kind of like hummus and like really yummy dips or salsas and stuff. And you're like, oh, no, please don't take that. Yeah, you're just sort of quietly grazing. And I quite, I like that. And And all the breads and stuff to mop it all up at the end. Yeah, and all that. And then lots, lots more refreshments. Uh, I'm I'm a strong believer in rehydrating as well when you're drinking because, uh, you know. It, yeah. it leads to memory Be loss. sensible. Yeah. Um, and then, so clear everything away and then have, um, I love doing like a big dessert. Everyone help themselves. And then in my head, it's sort of like, right, then that bit's done. Let's have spirits. Let's have shots. Let's okay. have cocktails. It's full on dancing. Let's play music. Yeah. Let's have a sitting room disco and go for it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I forget <laughs> you're also, you're quite a big dessert man, aren't you? You've done those like, those epic Rolo brownies yeah. that I'm always seeing. Well, do you know what the weird thing is? They are, they're about as un-Middle Eastern as anything could ever be. <laughs> and it's probably, that's probably like the most cooked, popular, thing. popular thing that I've ever done, which is, yeah, what does that say about my career so far to date? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just think having anything that's tattered onto you, be like, oh, oh Rolo brownies, thinking of you. I mean, that's not bad. Oh no, I love it. It's great. And they're fun. They're my, my niece and nephew's like favorite things ever. Whenever I go and see them, they're always like, can we make the Rolo brownies? Can we make oh, them? I love that. It's really sweet. What about growing up then? Did, did your family entertain my were you sort of around it do you think you know that's it that's where it all came from so I um all my family live in London everyone's from West London and we have a massive family so my when we grew up it was my family and there's five of us and my two aunties both families of five but we all grew up within like a five minute walk of each other and we all grew up together so there's you know like uh, nine cousins and we're still all best mates now I see them all the time as often as I can I was with my family actually last night there's now 18 grandchildren and we hang out all the time, all together. But it's always like someone's birthday, you know, you rock up, there'll be a barbecue, booze, cakes, kids everywhere. And it's always been like that. So food for me has always been this sort of association with happy, lovely times with lots and lots of people and then leading into sort of fun debauchery later. Do you do you kind of get tasked with the kind of like master of dinner party when you're entertaining now on these barbecues um, or is it sort of everyone mashes everyone in? does sort of muck in but i'm quite a control freak so it's sort of like i either just don't go anywhere near it or you have to have or if control. once i start yeah. i'll be like right that's it everyone get out i'll do that's it that's my thing yeah. yeah 
Okay. Sort of no, there's no sort of halfway house almost. Yeah. yeah. What about opening a restaurant? Did you ever think about doing that? I did actually, and um, I got offered something a few years ago. It was quite a long time ago now, but the the sort of Opening a restaurant is really, really hard. And because I'm not a trained restaurant chef, I know yeah. my weaknesses. So you yeah. need to align yourself with all the right people. And I think the guys who were backing it were brilliant, really good fun guys. But that wasn't their industry as well. And I kind of thought, you know what? There's a big piece of the puzzle missing. And I don't, I don't feel this is right mm-hmm. now. I would love to do something. But, you know, as we've all just seen with the poor Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Oliver thing. So sad, um, isn't it's it? It's really sad. And, you know, what a legend he is, that man. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he famously did an interview, for, I think, for the Financial Times, where he said, the reason why I keep going is because I employ so many staff. So I feel it's from a very genuine place where he came from. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's bloody hard. Yeah, there, it's so. so difficult. It's not just him as well. I think everyone is struggling. I mean, if you're surviving, you're doing well. Yeah. And I think so many people think it's... I know. I, people often ask, oh, you know, they're going to open a restaurant. But it's not an easy no. thing. It's it, and, you know, such like, hard work. If you say open in Soho, you're like rent a year is half a million quid. Yeah. And by the time you've put your staffing costs and you're like food on top of that and then just kitting out a restaurant mm. you are getting nothing for a very long time I mean it's brutal and it's exhausting because you do pop-ups as well in fact I've been yeah. to some of your pop-ups I you're doing some more doing this it. summer aren't yeah, you yeah yeah so I'm doing the, the main one I'm doing is at Great Gun Social which is great in it's July. such a great venue there it's brilliant and I love that and again it's very rock and roll it's very my style yeah and it's great. um I've just, yeah, brilliant menu, lots of like lovely wines and everything. And so tickets, if you want them, are on my website. You can go and buy them. And then a few sort of demos and cooking things. And I might do something a bit later in the year. Cool. So you're a big fan of travel too. And I know that you've, you go to a lot of off the beaten track places. Didn't you just go to see the Northern Lights? Yes. Well, so I've been really lucky this year. Like uh, I've got a massive smirk on my face. Yeah, you are smug. Smug traveller. Smug traveller. Well done, John. (laughs) Tap yourself on the back. Um, Yeah, no, I got this amazing gig to go and write about a honeymoon in um, Sweden. So it involved going to the Ice Hotel, which was incredible. Yes, that was it. The Ice Hotel. Yeah. And then going to this incredible like luxury lodge in the middle of nowhere, um, slightly slightly further south of, of the Ice Hotel, but where you you know you were in the lap of luxury in the middle of nowhere, wandering out to see the Northern Lights, and I mean so it was beautiful. just wow. stunning. Yeah, really lovely. You know what a hard job. That what was. other kind of yeah I know <laughs> tough times. Where else have you been that was absolutely kind of mind blowing? Um, so I after that actually I went to Faroe Islands, which are in the North Atlantic, yeah. and that was incredible. So it's like. 18 island archipelago that rockets up out the sea they're just sort of like these rugged mountains and it's got its own sort of microclimates there's no trees on the islands it's all grass because it's so wet and windy and it's like sort of old viking lands it's just extraordinary and like the houses all have like grass roofs all painted red really dramatic and then incredible like just the hiking was off the scale. I love like, hiking. Yeah, me too. And it was, sort of, you know, you just put your boots on, put your Mac on and off you go. And it was wicked. Very weird food. I was going to say, Very I weird. bet you've eaten some weird food. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? So there, the food was really funky because, um, and it was one of those things actually where you realise like, you know, it's the Marmite thing, you either love it or you hate it and it's what you grew up with. Their thing that they grew up with is fermented lamb. So in, wow. you kill the, kill the lambs at the end of summer and then between October and December, the, the microclimate is so perfect for fermenting that they don't need to do it. They don't even salt it. They just hang it. And the natural air and the temperature of the air and the wind means that the bacteria that grow in it aren't, don't kill you, basically. So you get this 
That's they call fermented, funky. I would call rotten lamb. Oh my God. <laughs> and it stinks like rotten lamb, but it's very sweet when you're eating with like Faroese people. They're like, oh my God, they just love it. <laughs> and you're just like going, <laughs> eating like... You've got to eat it though, don't you? I mean, there's to, nothing, you've got to be polite. Got I think to go when and people try are it. kind of opening, yeah, I always yeah. say that you've got to try it. And when people are kind of offering up their home and their hospitality, yeah. that is, in fact, it's incredibly rude to kind uh, yeah. of not well, eat something. It was interesting. So we went to, I was there with a, uh, this amazing photographer who's vegetarian and we went basically to this supper club that was so lovely and this amazing like home and amazing view and they cooked this amazing meal but I think somehow it got lost in translation that she was vegetarian so not only did she have to sort of couldn't eat a lot of the food she had to sort of sit with this quite whiffy raw meat smell which I found quite trying and you know bless her I think she was like this is this is pretty gross basically (laughs) but it you know I would say go there because it's beautiful absolutely beautiful and you can get pizza so you know life's not too bad are there many people living there I mean it must be about 30,000 it's quite small yeah but it's just it's what I love about travel is I love going somewhere where you just literally feel like someone's picked you out and plonked you in the middle of nowhere I find it utterly thrilling like when there's no one around and it's just so dramatic and also where you feel a bit like out of your comfort zone I think you get your best ideas there as well. Definitely. I mean, obviously you must get a lot of inspiration from travel in terms of ingredients and trying stuff, but I think it's just great for kind of opening up your imagination. Just just being, I find I can sort of think clearly when I'm away. Mm. I find London, I adore this city and it is my home and it always will be, but I get mega swept up in it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think creatively it's really good to get out. I think it kind of breeds anxiety, London. Like, we're always in a Hell, rush. Yes. We're always kind of thinking we're not doing good enough. It's a bit mental. Yeah. Everyone's like, no one can slow down. I'm a bit like you, I'm a bit like electric. Oh, I also just obsessing over what everyone else yeah, is up to. Which and is you're pathetic. just like, oh, for fuck's sake, just calm down, have a little drink, you'll just yeah, go yeah. on holiday. Just and, you, move and then you come back yeah. fighting. But I think, I think everyone's like that, and that's mm. cool. It's just, I think it's just knowing how to deal with it. Yeah, and getting out. Get out, getting yeah. Out. <laughs> Okay, so what about best experiences? No fermented lamb, or, or even better yet, dinner parties, as you're such a fan. Mm. Has there been like a particular dinner party or even just dining experience that has kind of really stuck with you in that it just kind of was mind-blowing? So I think like the, the, there were two things. One is like, this is really cheesy, but hey, I'm going to say no, it. we love the cheese. It's like cheese. with my family. I've got this massive sort of love with my family and um, being with them like for you know we had a barbecue for easter and it's just like it was just shop bought burgers a load of bangers cheese everywhere like weird desserts that were all bought from different supermarkets and children and love and booze and fun and it was amazing and to me that's like the greatest meal that i could ever have because we literally just laugh the entire time it's brilliant so that and, and because of that i'm very lucky that we do that a lot so that is you know like my if anyone said, you know, what would be your last thing you'd do or your last yeah. meal would be, that, that would be it. I just, it was heaven. One of the things that was like the biggest awakening for me ever, food-wise, and I remember it so vividly, was when I was 15 or 16, I went to Thailand and um, I was with a friend who'd, who lived in Hong Kong and he knew Thailand really well. And we went to this restaurant, he ordered Tum Yong Goon. And I was like, I don't know what it is, fish soup sounds gross, blah. And I remember <laughs> eating it and just being like, holy shit, like... Yeah. It is hot, salty, sweet, sour, fishy. It's amazing. And it was like this, not only an explosion in my mouth, because it, like, it's so hot when you eat it. It's just something my brain was like, woke yeah. up. And I was like, what have you been wasting your time on? 
back home like with because at the time british food was really boring yeah pretty bland really bland really boring nothing and actually when i came back from that holiday to get the ingredients to make that i had to like drive to the the chinese supermarket in wembley which wasn't that far but it's like if you think about it now you would just go to any tesco metro and you'd get fish sauce sauce, everything everything. yeah Yeah, everything it was nuts and i that was a massive sort of shift in the dial for me that definitely sent me down the sort of I hate the word, I'm not going to say it, pathway to cooking. <laughs> you know what word, it, the J word. The journey. Um, I did actually use the word journey. journey. Um, maybe I should say pathway then from now on. I've just got a funny bug bed. And do you know why? Because it reminds me of people like who go on Love Island and get thrown off. And they're like, oh, thanks for this journey. Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> you know, that's why. Have you been watching that um, chef's, t- uh, not chef's table, the street, street food. food? Yes, did love it. Did you see that with the... Uh, wicked grandmother who's like the what make, lady she's wicked. unreal that yeah woman. i was gutted actually, she's a I machine yeah i'm i didn't know about her and i was in um bangkok very recently and i would have loved to have gone and hung out with yeah, her yeah i'm she gonna looks go really I'm badass, gonna go. i she? really want to go to thailand yeah. actually oh my god you would love it yeah i want to go um, and bangkok is like what a city it's electric and it's Brilliant. different my sister went to thailand she said the food is so different to what we have here yeah you know it's, it's just, just completely it, well, it's just, it's so, there's just so much more of it and it's yeah. so regional and they amp the flavours up like something ridiculous. So, you know, if, uh, you know, the, that lovely dish like a uh, pad caprao, which is mm-hmm. like the chicken with basil yeah. and chilli, which is fragrant and lovely. When you go and eat it there, it is like mind blowingly hot. I mean, when you're like, uh, like wincing, but it's sort of like, that's the difference. They're just, their palates, they just love big flavour. So I think it's really interesting to go there. And also it's very interesting to go, and see how it works. Because quite often people here are like a bit scared. Oh, you know, you don't, you don't want to kill all the other flavours. But actually, if you know what you're doing, you, you can go quite heavy. And it's it's fascinating. I really want to go. I think also uh, Turkish food is really kind of... I know you said you when you were younger, you go and eat Turkish food and all yeah. this stuff. But I think I went to Istanbul and I was I was completely mind blown yeah. by the diversity and yeah. variety of food yeah. and flavour and ingredients and dishes. Yeah. And it's way more than kind of like a Turkish kebab and yeah. whatever else we think of as Turkish food. I think here. the main thing is people, put, like Turkish food is still relatively unknown. I think the first thing people would think of is meat, kebab, meat, yeah. meat and fire. And that definitely is that culture. But there is a plethora of other things. And actually sort of subtle, soft veggie dishes are a huge part of their cuisine. And in fact, if you go and eat in someone's home, they, they might serve meat, but that would be one of many dishes, which will probably all be like veg and then a bit of yogurt and some rice. And that's quite wonderful to see. And it's it's a really, I think it's a very interesting cuisine. It's lovely. Yeah, it's so delicious. Mm. You, I mean, you're great with that as well, I think. I opening love it. up everyone's eyes to what there is. I love Turkish food. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Plant-based eating. I yeah. mean, we're at a time where it's, I mean, it's definitely on the rise. There's no yeah. denying it. We need to eat less meat. People are eating yeah. less meat. Are you finding yourself kind of veering more towards kind of experimenting with more veggie stuff? So... You are going to hate this because I, so I eat a lot of vegetables. So I, every day I eat vegetables in the morning. I'm very like, yeah, whenever I eat smoothie. Uh, a meal, I'm quite like obsessed with getting vegetables in it. Mm-hmm. Um, not only for health reasons, but I think they taste bloody good. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll quite often just like roast off a load of veggies and keep them in the fridge and you add that so to anything. Good, it's just, yeah. Isn't it just delicious? So good. Um, but I am quite a big meat eater. I eat a lot of meat. Um, I... Yeah, I just, I'm, I've got a slight sort of meat and two veg things. Mm-hmm. Li- literally yeah. meat and two veg is pretty much how I eat. But then I, I'm very like, if I go to someone's house and they cook vegetarian food, it wouldn't even occur to me to be like, there's no meat here. Yeah. It just, you don't need it. 
I just personally, I'm just, I, I, I like chicken. So <laughs> I if really you like were chicken. Co- <laughs> if, you were, <laughs> if you were cooking a dinner party, like a plant-based dinner party, yeah. what would you, what would you make? Um, I probably would go, I'd either go like really heavy, like Middle Eastern meze kind of things. That's quite easy. But actually I do a lot of Indian food. Yeah. I think Indian food lends itself so well yeah. to vegetarian yeah. meals because of all the dals, all the lentils, all the rice dishes, all the like veggie curries, like aubergine curry, uh, Tura and the South Indian curries. Like, it's just so easy. And again, I think um, a, a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of sort of quite delicate, light Spices Indian dishes. as well. It's yeah. not all really spicy. Yeah. spicy. And you can, mi- I love mixing like, you know, like a rich, say like aubergine, tamarindy, yummy curry with something like a really fresh, zesty salad just to yeah, cut yeah. through it. So you get all those flavors going, and you wouldn't even think actually like where's a like a lamb biryani or whatever. Yeah. You just you're just so content with that. I think it's lovely. But going back to your original point, I think um, I think I'm you know I should definitely rethink how I eat uh, as well. But I think it's very good for everyone at the moment to be looking at how they're eating and what they're eating, and, and, and more importantly the effects it's having. And I think yeah. that's you know that's really the noise around it is that's why it's like that there are repercussions to how we're eating and it's really good for everyone to sort of just wake up to it to start with definitely and, and just to eat more veg as well definitely and it's really good that we've got people like you we've got people like Melissa Hemsey we've got people like Nigel Slater loads and loads of people who are talking about vegetarian food Anna Jones being one I'm just normalizing it and starting that conversation because it, it has to seed from somewhere and it will ripple out and it's you know it's great I, th- I, I do think that it's sort of happening now and I think that's really interesting yeah I mean it is amazing I think food waste is the next big thing that is yeah and actually so it's interesting the food waste thing because um I worked with Fair Share years ago and um so Fair Share this brilliant company that basically go and pick up from the supermarkets well they now do like prep and stuff they get all their out-of-date food and then they redistribute it to like homeless shelters yeah, or fair. um meal like people with meal vouchers and it, it just seems like a complete no-brainer but funnily enough when I worked with them it was like 10 years ago only one of the supermarkets committed and when the others found out that one had committed they refused to do it and you were like so interesting isn't that's it? weird so you are locking bins yeah. with food in because of you you don't want you know they've got in before you bizarre but thankfully i think everyone's now on board yeah. with that charity and and uh the supermarkets are you know they're in a, they're in a huge position of power and if they start like advocating change I think that's brilliant and then again that will ripple down into people's homes and I mean it is and restaurants as well restaurants 100%. are amazing at the moment yeah. there are so many restaurants yeah. you know you see like a broccoli stalk on a menu yeah you know, I mean, where it sh- I mean, it should be. There's yeah. no reason why it shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, but weird. Why would you not? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I think, I often think people who cook a lot, like to me, it just comes naturally. And like not wasting food. I don't yeah. throw food away. No, I'm really weird about it. I actually yeah. fucking hate always it. always have been really weird about yeah. it. My freezer's full of really weird yeah, things. Yeah, freezer. Like, love your freezer. Yeah. I'm always saying, biggest piece of advice, yeah. love your freezer. Just there's so many like kind of... And make stock. Cool things. Yeah, like, well, I don't make stock. But uh, there's so many cool things that you can like that can freeze that people don't really know yeah you like can herb freeze. leaves even Herbs, yeah. even basil leaves don't i mean you're not going to sprinkle them on something after no, but, just, but you can chuck them into kind of, kind of like a tomato sauce or yeah. something and it just pumps and up that's the flavor. even like you know when you buy your little packet from the supermarket and you're like oh shit i haven't used it all up just shove the whole thing yeah, in the freezer it's so true. next time you make some pasta just crush it in yeah and you'll crush get it as all well. that flavor yeah. or an omelet as well yeah. it works in an omelet yeah yeah no no I, I think stems. that's great because it's it's i think it's really um I'm just going to say it. I think it's quite selfish throwing food away. Yeah. Like, you know, I go to parts of the 
world where people have not literally nothing and it just seems really decadent to be like oh this is out of date by day get rid of it yeah it's mental it's weird, isn't it, isn't it? it's yeah. absolutely mental i think that way of thinking definitely what about muck-ups? Because we all have them. And actually, I think often when I speak to people about entertaining, like we love entertaining, but lots of people, that's their biggest fear is that they're going to mess yeah. up. So that's why they don't entertain. Best tip for you. My mum gave me this tip. Just ply everyone with so much booze. With the rosé. Okay. the time Top the food tip. comes. No one cares. So if you've like burned whatever or dropped it on the floor, everyone just be like, way, whatever. <laughs> Let's get a Domino's. No one will care. Yeah, no, it is true. It's about the experience. <laughs> but, and I think that for me, when I entertain, I, like, I do love it. I genuinely love it. But what I will do is I have everything done. So when people arrive, I don't do yeah. anything. I'm like that too. And I think the best be thing to do is however you're hosting just enjoy it yeah if you do something and you're hating every minute of it switch it up and if that really is going do you know what i'm gonna get a load of people over open some nice tubs of pre-packaged hummus and get get a takeaway and some like lovely wine and just have fun then just do that yeah there's no point kind of like like making yourself sort of feel like you're having the worst time because essentially you're just sitting down with your mates to eat something it should be joyous and and I don't understand why people get like very stressed about it. But they do. Yeah, definitely. Have you had any disasters? I'm like, I'm Dinner really trying to disasters. get this out of you. Yeah, I mean, of course I have. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like, um, oh yeah, no, actually, I, like the, um, when I did an interview a while ago with uh, the lovely girls who are the Curious Pear Girls, so Izzy yes, and Meg, yeah, they're great. who were wicked, and they came over and I was cooking them a shakshuka and I was very organised, so the, the the shak was made without the eggs and it was all good to go, and so we sat down, I was supplying them with Turkish coffee and just like motor mouth talking at them, and I put the eggs on and then just forgot for like half an hour, and basically those eggs went like bulletproof like i didn't have any more either so we had to just they were they were so cool they were just like well don't worry about it you know <laughs> <laughs> and you know just get through it and um you know baking is another one that i'm not great at so like I've baking is so precise though fails. isn't it yeah like cooking you can just chuck it all in it's, it. you can't really do that with baking. that's how that's i'm quite reactionary so i'll just sort of riff it as i'm going along whereas baking is very measured it's very precise yeah yeah do it wait try that to me is just yeah, it's a mad- lot of madness. waiting, isn't there, in, in, yeah. in baking? And a lot of stuff you can't kind of eat straight away. You've yeah. got to wait because it's raw. Or, and you and can't, yeah, you stuff. can't taste it or straight you, away. Because it, or you'll eat it and then there won't be enough left and all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, not great. So we live in London. Where are you eating in London right now? Mm, so I love uh, Marito on Hackney Road. I yeah. think it's incredible. Um, it's been around a while, Marito, actually. Yeah, that that brand, well, Morrow, the original yeah. restaurant, has been around for years. They, they were sort of revolutionary when they were doing that food moorish food um anything with uh pizarro's name above it i'm all yeah. over um i love love pizza east so much gosh do you <laughs> yeah i really like it because i think the, you know it's not the best pizza in the world but it's just really delicious they do the best salted caramel chocolate tart in the world fact and it's just really <laughs> fun like it is really fun. it's a really, it fun, really fun, fun restaurant if you go with like five or six people you're gonna have a really I love going it's loud pizza. there's a roar when you go in um and then, oh God, it's that weird question when you get asked that your mind goes completely blank. Um, where have I eaten recently that I've loved? I can't think of anything recently. I'm going to Luck now, which is a new Indian restaurant. Nice. Uh, tomorrow, so I'm quite excited about that. Have you been to Gloria, speaking of pizza? No, oh my God. Oh, and it's that so looks, fantastic. I think like you'll love dream. it. I think you'll love Pasta it. Pasta and pizza together at last. And also, it's so electric. Like is it We fun? have a lot of restaurants in London that are kind of minimal, stripped back. It's all about yeah. kind of the food, you know, kind of like granite tabletop. 
you know, sparse lighting, which is great. And I yeah. really love it. But this is so the opposite. It is yeah. so much. It's so much. They're in their outfits. They're, I mean, they're singing. It's like, it's yeah. like the funnest place to work ever. They're yeah. dancing. And the food is, you know, the food is great. It's not mind blowing. But I mean, but that lemon meringue experience. pie, have you seen it? Yeah, it's, like, it's amazing. It's like your head. I, think, um, I think when you're eating in a restaurant, you can go to a restaurant with the best food in the world and you can be really bored or just leave hungry. And actually, there there are more pieces to the puzzle than just the food. Yeah. Obviously, you need really good food or you're not going to go back. But if you get really good food, really good service, really good atmosphere, those three ticks put together is really powerful. And you're just like, that is like, oh my God, and you just want to go back again mm. and again and again. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we're coming to the end. <laughs> what have you got in store for 2019? Apart so, from your book. Book, uh, yeah, book's going to take Another up a good book. few months. Um Hopefully, yeah, I'm going to go to Australia and promote down there. I'm going to be doing some festivals this summer, which would be great. Then I want to start a new book in October. Already? Yeah. Amazing. Have you got, an, I mean, you probably can't share what it's about. And usually I would, idea. but this one I can't because it's, it's, it's sort of, it's up in the air. That's, that's the only reason why. Yeah. Um, but the, the reason why I want to start so quickly is because the, the part of the world that I work in in the Middle East, there's sort of, there's windows where it's really good to be yeah. there. And basically autumn and spring are the best times. Summer's just too, too hot. hot. I mean, it's like everyone's just sort of so lethargic. And then also if you go in the winter, it's it's bloody freezing. Yeah. Right? And if you go up into the mountains in the villages, it's so mm-hmm. cold. And you know, again, no one's really doing anything because it's freezing. So there's sort of certain windows. And for me, I just, I, I love working and I just want to go and do it and yeah so like it's sort of like everything crossed Tara if you're listening commission my book <laughs> <laughs> also we haven't I feel like we haven't given enough airtime to the new baby okay of let's yours, do it Saffron and Sooks can you talk to us a little bit about that so Saffron and Sooks is a sort of love affair with Lebanon really that started about 10 years ago I went out there to work in a kitchen for two weeks to learn about the the food of, of Lebanon and I was in Beirut and at the time uh, I was advised just to stay in the city. Uh, I think everything was a bit slightly unsettled. So that's what I did. I did what I was told. 
And then kept in touch with the same people who I'd worked with. And they were saying like, you know, the, the country's changed a lot. And it's, um, you know, all the places that I heard about that I didn't get to go to, they were like, you know, it's re- you can go now. So I did. I just went there and hired a car and drove around for a few months and stayed with local people and just soaked up Lebanon, really, for all it was worth. And, and, it, and it was so worth it because it's it's beautiful and stunning and it has mountains and it has lakes and waterfalls and huge valleys filled with um you know like uh vineyards that's the word and then this amazing coastline it's mediterranean it's beautiful and a food history and a food culture that's unlike anywhere else i've ever seen before so it was it was an amazing book to work on and what I try and do in my books is always find sort of like the hidden beauty in these countries and little secrets that no one knows and I think I'm really proud of this one. Everyone really went to town on it. And it. I think it's sort it's of just... It's a beautiful it's, cover. It's beautiful, yeah. I mean, I've only seen the cover, so I'm judging oh. it entirely by <laughs> its cover at it's this lovely, point. It's lovely, yeah. They were actually... I saw them. They were um, There were some tiles in a hotel in a place called Baalbek, which has got this amazing, like, ancient Roman ruin that's the same size as the Acropolis. And it's just there. You just... You can wander in and out and, and no one stops you. And it's... It, amazing and we were in this like amazing like accidentally Wes Anderson hotel and I saw these tiles and I was like that's it that's the cover and I was with my photographer and got him to shoot them and then that's sort of where it was three things you would advise always to have in the cupboard for a quick dinner party dish (laughs) um uh god uh rosé definitely i win. love it that you love rose i love should have rose. bought rose I feel very strongly about it i'm just i'm, I'm i owe you a bottle of rose <laughs> uh rose um always have really good bread and because everyone loves bread and whatever you put it with like whether it's you know yogurt or hummus or whatever everyone loves that would you be like are you talking kind of flatbreads or just any bread so i really like flatbreads i also really like the kind of very israeli style fluffy round pitters. yeah i know what you mean really just soft and delicious so I think my final thing that I would have in the cupboard would be M&M's, peanut M&M's. And it's a little pass on from my mother who uh, started introducing them to dinner parties at the end of a meal. And when you put this, you know, like bright coloured candy in a bowl, grown ups are just suddenly like, oh my God, I haven't eaten this for years. Yeah, and go so nuts great. for it. And it's just a funny little thing. And what I noticed was that people, that's the bit people would almost remember. Like, so love right. the M&M's. They were amazing. Yeah. You know, so it means you finish on a high and you don't do anything. Those, you know, that's, that, that's Do you winning. know, my mother does jelly babies yeah. and she does uh, licorice all sorts. Yeah. Mainly because she loves them. Nobody else loves them. Yeah. But all the jelly babies go. Yeah. And minstrels. Yeah, it's just like funny candy. I love that. Peanut M&M's so are my favourite. So. <laughs> Me too. Three people, if you could have any three people to your ultimate dinner party, alive or dead, who would they be and why? Who would they be? Nigella Lawson, just because she's really fucking cool. Um, Have you ever met her? I have once, five minutes, and she just was purringly beautiful. Um, God. uh, I think Jamie Oliver. I think... Uh, I think he'd be really fun to get pissed with. Oh, and Kate Moss, because I love her and she'd be really wow. fun to get pissed with. <laughs> I bet she would. Gosh, that'd be fun. That'd be yeah. a good, good I think crowd. all together, actually, it'd be really fun. Yeah, good yeah. crowd. You should come. What would you cook them? Yeah, I'll come. I'll be there. Wine, too. bread and M&M's done. That's <laughs> brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank I really appreciate it. I know that you're really busy. You've got a lot going on with the book. For anybody who wants to find you, um, without stalking you, where can they find you online? <laughs> well, don't wait outside my house, no. Um, I My website is johngregorysmith.com and that's got all my events and things like that that's happening over the summer or the easiest is on Instagram at johngs. Johngs, okay, yeah. brilliant. Thank you so, so Pleasure. much. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.